Welcome to TechTastic, the podcast that explores the cutting-edge world of technology and its impact on society. New breakthroughs and developments are revolutionizing the world around us, presenting exciting opportunities as well as complex challenges. We'll explore the big ideas and key players driving these transformations as we seek to understand the implications of these advancements for our lives, our communities, and our planet. Join us on this journey of discovery and exploration as we navigate the fascinating and ever-evolving world of technology. This is TechTastic. Mark Hirschberg, it's lovely to have you on It's TechTastic. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. I see that you've got the, your book, The Career Toolkit. You've got uh, the website to the book. You've got Brain Bump app. And then the topic that I was really interested in with you is the future of media. And this touches on so many things that are relevant. Most media companies are failing to get as immersive as they could with their audience. And you don't have to have VR to be immersive. Like uh, a lot of friends that are into Dragon Con where they're dressing up in cosplay as these characters, they are so invested in these alternate universes that have been created, whether it's the Marvel universe or whatever, right? If you just gave them a website where part of the story continued, it doesn't have to be written. It could just be a place where they can interact and you gave them, you know, here's my favorite example of something I did a long time ago. We built a game that got very, very popular. And then we started building out websites at that time period that it was like the characters in the game had built their own MySpace where they were posting on it. And then we'd build other things where it was like a little audio recording of something that happened in it. And the whole point was like to create this continuation of the game into the real world in subtle little ways that let them continue to play it in a way that wasn't like linear. We didn't script it. We just put little nuggets out. And today, with all the potential of all the different types of media that can be done, um, the opportunities are endless. You don't need me for the show. You just, that, you have hit upon what I talk about. So for fiction, it's exactly that. It's moving beyond the page. It's nonlinear experiences. It's that when we loved Star Wars as kids, we didn't just watch the movie. We took the action figures and made our own adventures. And that's what we need to do. And it is, you know, extreme examples like Harry Potter. Yeah. You've got the shops, you've got the website, but you can do even small things. Like if you look at Sex in the City, if you're a fan, you take the Sex in the City tour and you go to the locations. Ah. And if you can do a small interactive thing, you can play a game at this location. Yeah, you know, we can now build for a couple hundred dollars these interactive things. You can build communities. It's literally, it's taking the experience. It is world building and it's letting your audience create nonlinear self-directed experiences. That's the short version. So the other topic that kind of weaves into that then is fan fiction and how large it gets in certain areas. And it's odd to me often what media will get picked up and become very large in that space. There's entire, you know, category or whole sections of the internet that are nothing but fan fiction. And it goes down a very deep rabbit hole on any topic you want there. The thing that was very exciting to me when I realized that that was a thing that occurred was this is people generating content for you. They're expanding your universe for you. It gets more people engaged with your brand and your universe that you've created. So you, why wouldn't you embrace it? Why wouldn't you encourage it? 
the counter argument, of course, is that you have now lost creative control. Yes. Let's take like fan fiction for Harry Potter. You've got like the R and X rated, and all of a sudden, like the kids in Hogwarts are having an orgy. <laughs> but wait a second, this is not on brand for us. Or they're just they're taking the kids in a direction, and now you do have new fans, but the new fans are coming, and they're saying, "No, I want more of this content," or "I was expecting this. I don't even like the original." And so now you've got a conflict. B and this, I'm not a lawyer. You start having like copyright and trademark issues if you're not enforcing your trademarks. All of a sudden, you lose the rights to them. Yeah, that's one issue in the. There was a sci-fi magazine. People would, here's my 3,000 word science fiction story. They had to shut down submissions earlier this year because right around February, March, when like the version of ChatGPT that opened then, the number of submissions went up like 30 fold because people were just going, give me a 3,000 word article on this. And they were just getting dumped with stuff. And so now as a fan, the amount of fan fiction being produced can skyrocket because I can get LOMs to write them for me. And that can really harm the brand if the signal, your brand, your characters are now overshadowed by the amount of noise around them. So this is one of the premises I've had. Uh, it's actually part of the pitch deck for my technology company is that our traditional view of IP is dead because of these large language models and generative AI. Somebody can create 10,000 times as much content as I could ever dream of. They can get around my patent just by putting my patent in and saying, hey, how could we do something that's exactly like this, but doesn't infringe on this patent? I mean, you just pick a topic around IP and these tools now have created ways around it. Like the courts can't possibly keep up with the copyright infringement issues, with patent infringement issues. Like there's no way to defend your IP anymore. I'm not convinced of that yet. <laughs> One of my patents got granted the other day and I'm in the process of, I've got a couple more in process. I'm still spending money on patents, but it gets harder. I'm more worried about just the, you know, all the fake news. Now, instead of three conspiracy theories about how Joe Biden's eating babies, <laughs> tomorrow they can literally put out 10,000 Yeah, and now there's video to so, prove it, to go with it, right? Exactly, right. You're taking a bite out of it. Yeah, I mean, that aspect's true too. I. It, it was what actually floored me when I first interacted with ChatGPT um, and Dolly and like the image generation ones was, so with the image ones, it was a little bit harder on me. I, I'm a, a visual artist, I, I paint and draw and all that kind of fun stuff. And all of a sudden I could sit down and generate a thousand images faster than I could normally generate one and at higher quality. And I could copy other people's styles at will. I want this in the style of Pablo Picasso, or I want this in the style of Banksy. All of a sudden I went, wait a second, any hope I had to put my own stuff into the world and have it have an impact, it's kind of gone because everybody else can just put their ideas into it and it gets created. And then the same thing was true on the writing side. You know, I want to write an article in the style of Mark, right? You can do that if there's enough out there for the model to be able to come up and understand what your style is. Yeah, I do think there's a lot of issues there. I'll tell you from my blog post, I used to go to Unsplash. Mm. You know, I know with blog, helps have an image. Okay, Unsplash, I appreciate that they're sharing. And I'll give them credit, you know, here it is. Now I just go to Bing, say, okay, I need an image of a man riding a horse on a cliffside. Boom, took me three or four searches. 
I just told you the huge negative in my view is that IP is largely invalidated in that way, but the ability to come in and create something new has never been more powerful. And so in my head, and I've never really put this out into the world in any way, that could be very, very cool from the, I'm a creative, I'm gonna create a universe, which becomes that style that allows other people to go generate whatever they want. They wanna generate characters in it and scenes within it, great. I created a universe for you to do that in. You wanna generate your own stories in it. You want a virtual reality experience in it, but it's the it's the universe and the world crafting that becomes the place where you have creative control. And then everything that happens within that world is like giving birth to a child. I give them my genes, I kind of create the world that's gonna make them you know successful in the world, but then I have to let them go, right? Yeah. And that's like more of the second life philosophy of here's the world, but you go create. Uh, I'll, I'll jump to nonfiction, future okay. of nonfiction. So it's the same challenge that most content is linear. Books go first page to last. Videos, podcasts, or usually the same thing, they're pretty linear. And we need to switch to non-linear. And what we need to do is we can, for the first time in history, make information context dependent. Hmm. So I'll give you the small examples and we'll build up. My book, 10 Chapters, 10 Skills, you don't have to read it in order. You can jump to chapter seven. I got to work my communication skills. I'm just going to do that and skip chapters one through six. Great. That's how the dictionary works, right? I need this <laughs> definition and everything else. Yeah. But we can we can go further with that. A lot of even how we engage with media, email and social media are linear. And so, for example, if you're a leadership coach, you might post a leadership tip right now. Half your audience doesn't see it. They're not on social media or their their email box is overwhelmed if you sent them an email. Even if they see it, they go, yeah, that's great, but I don't need leadership advice. I need more customers today. So they ignore it. We have this broadcast methodology that we've done and where we are shifting to is what I call whole media. Now we see this with learning. We see more adaptive learning that we're in the classroom, we're doing the same thing, but I'm gonna go through a different set of questions than you because of how I answer them. But we also see with media, now Google search in some way does this, but it's a very raw example of, I have a question, pull what's relevant. My blogs, for example, if you go to my website, you can go by topic. So you don't have to read my last six blog posts aren't relevant to you, you go to the seventh one that is. Whenever you go to an e-commerce website like Nike.com and you want to look for something, you might put in, I'm looking for red running shoes, men's red running shoes, right? Now, when they build up that site, they have the opportunity to do a hierarchical view or a contextual view. And the hierarchical view is what everybody does. And they say, well, the top level's men, and then it's probably running, and then it's shoes, and then it's color. And I always said that's wrong because it's all about the context of that individual and what they desire. What you're saying is, I, I'm seeing it the same way, right? Like, because somebody could come into any media you have and they might want to jump to the specific topic of whatever the topic they're looking for is speech coaching or whatever it is that they're looking for. And they jump into that. But information, because of all the cross-linking, how would you ever break it up into a granular enough approach where if they said, actually, red's the most important part, that you could do that. I'll give you a simple version. I'll talk about a more complicated version. This is what the Brain Bump app does. 
Oh. So where you read information isn't where you need information. So my book, different chapters like networking, management, all these other skills. You read those networking tips sitting at home. You need them two months later as you're about to go into a conference. Right. What we did is, and the Brain Bump app, I use as an example, I say, this is a simple example. People will do better things. We take the highlights from the book. Like literally, if you're reading the book, this is what you'd highlight. And with the Brain Bump app, it's not just my book. There's any content. We're like the Kindle and other content can be added to it. They're tagged, so think hashtags. So what happens two months later, I'm about to walk into a conference thinking, what are those networking tips? So as I'm taking the elevator down to the conference floor, I open the app, I hit topic networking. I, the user, define my topic. Because what's happening in this example are saying, we think you want men and running and shoes. I want to talk about running. I don't even care that shoes. I might be talking about, this is a, a conference on athletes. We're talking about stuff, right? Yeah. So I say networking tips. Now I pull to me what are effectively little flashcards. Here's the tip, here are the highlights. Okay, got it, got got good. Okay, now I'm ready to walk into the conference. I contextually got the information I need when and where I need it. Now that was an explicit pull. Mm -hmm. We go a step further. So management tips. Now I can't as a manager go, oh, good question, hold on. I, I go look up a tip. We know you need a top of mind. We know space repetition works, but without a test, none of us are gonna study the book. So we created passive space repetition. These flashcards also work as like a daily affirmation. So what I would do is I'd say, 9 a.m. as I walk into the office, give me a management tip. I don't even have to open the app. It pops up. I go, yeah, okay, right, good tip. I'll keep that in mind, swipe. At six o'clock, my marriage is on the rocks. That's when I get the marriage <laughs> tip. So all right, compliment my wife on her outfit. And so it's contextual because the marriage tip is bad at 9 a.m. and the management tip is useless at night. So it's always saying it up to be the right information at the right time. But I, the user, am directing, I'm telling you what I need and I just pick from the set or you know, the system helps pick from the set. There are a couple things that are really great about what you were just describing. The marriage tip thing was fantastic. Like, hey, dummy, be present in your wife's life at six o'clock. You're not supposed to be working anymore. It would be a great one for me. I don't I don't know about you, but there's always that moment in your career when you went from, I can get to here, and then all of a sudden you made that jump. And for me, it was the ability to get up on stage in front of a large audience and have confidence speaking. And I had to convince myself that that fear I had wasn't fear at all. It was excitement. It's the same exact adrenaline feel I had like when I'm jumping out of a plane. So why am I nervous about this? And what happened was the fuel band had just come out from Nike and we had prototype ones that had a heart rate monitor on it. They never released it, but mine had that on it. And I looked down and I went, huh, that is exactly the same heart rate I had when we were bungee jumping. And then I walked onto stage and I was confident and ever since then it's been no problem. But I was thinking about that with like an app like yours because you could signal off something like your watch, right? To say, hey, your heart rate's up, chill, or. So we, we have in the patent that just got granted, we can get like heart rate is up. Okay, is it a stress thing? You know, maybe you need stress tips or maybe something else. Yeah. We could tie into your calendar oh, you're going to be speaking at four o'clock today. So at three o'clock, we're going to send you a few things on like how to prep for speaking. We can do geolocation. As soon as you get within a hundred yards of your in-law's house, because it's Thanksgiving you're going, and that's always a minefield. Hey, here's a couple tips for dealing with stressful relatives. <laughs> and so we can get you that contextual information 
It's what you need when you need it. The version that's live right now, it's the 1.4 version. We've got content from different podcasts, books, blogs, talks. We're constantly adding new content. The 2.0 version that should be out in a few weeks, because we're not adding content fast enough, we're letting people add their own. You can add your own tip. Mark, here's the three things like, I want to be present with my wife. We mostly have business content. Go add your own tips and set up the six o'clock reminder. We also allow people to upload Kindle highlights. So if you've been reading a book that we don't yet have, that's great. Go import your highlights. And we have some other newer functionality as well. That's fantastic. So uh, we're actually getting short on time, but I wanted to make sure that the audience got to hear from you. And I, we talked about the app. We talked a little bit about the website and the book and some of, the, some of that, but not, not maybe as much as, as you would like. So if people wanted to know more, yeah, you can go to the careertoolkitbook.com to learn more about the book, where to get it. There's a whole bunch of completely free resources. I give it all away for free. So that will help you with your career. And then the Brain Bump app, it's a completely free app for Android and iPhone. And you can get that app, brainbumpapp.com. Free to download the app. All the content is free. And we're rolling out the 2.0 version early this fall. And that's going to let you add your own content if we haven't yet added it already. So yeah, give it a try. Mark, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. It really was. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. And I look forward to our next conversation. And that's a wrap for this episode of TechTastic. I want to thank you personally for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Until then, keep exploring and stay curious.